Hi. Welcome to episode 2 of my podcast. If this is the first time you're here, then hi, welcome. My name is Nicole Urbi. I am going to be 24 years old and I'm an Indian from Calcutta. So, this episode I am going to talk about my battle with depression. Um unofficially, I've been suffering from depression from the age of 13. Officially I was diagnosed a year back because I finally decided to get help and I have been put on medication I'm no longer depressed anymore I am happy to report but I'm still on medication it takes a while for my course to finish but I am also happy to report that after 3 months my medication will stop completely um I think the first wave of depression hit me when my parents filed for divorce Uh, my father biological father isn't exactly the best human being he was kind of abusive towards my mother and it didn't help that when i decided to stay with my mother over him he abandoned me and he'd abandoned me in installments right so he was he'd be like there for a month and then disappear and again come back and then again disappear and that took its toll on me So because of that I ended up fighting a lot with my grandmom and my stepdad and my mother I take my take out take my temper out a lot on them which wasn't really fair but I think one of the main reasons I did that is because I just couldn't understand what I had done wrong that he hated me so much and as a teenager you kind of always look for approval right I mean even as adults we're always looking for approval but I guess as a kid I just wanted his approval even more because he was my father. Um when my parents got divorced it was a very confusing stage in my life. I was on the verge of becoming a teenager. I had suddenly shifted to an entirely new environment. Um and you've got to realize that at that point divorce wasn't exactly very accepted in india not like it's completely accepted but as yet but we've made some sort of progress to the point where now we can talk about divorce and years back we couldn't even think about it and my parents got divorced at that time and we couldn't even think about it and the school i used to study in at that point i got bullied a lot i used to be referred to as the divorcee kid and there were rumors that was spread that if you mixed with me then your parents would probably get divorced as well so i had very very few friends some of whom i am still in touch with today and i will always be grateful to them because without them it would have been even worse surviving at school and i just couldn't take it at one point anymore so i decided to shift back to kalimpong and at that point my dad and i was still on good terms so i stayed with him and a little after we moved back he got a relationship and i wasn't affected by it but when he and his new partner got married she changed towards me completely she was very manipulative she was very abusive emotionally and she wouldn't put proper food on the table for me to eat 
So she and my dad would eat properly, but I was nutritionally deprived. Like there were days when I'd survive on dal rice and tomato sauce. Yeah, legit. True story. And then when I was 15, my uh, platelet count went really, really low. And I was, it was seen that I had severe anemia. And my dad still didn't take it seriously at that point. And I used to still wonder why wouldn't he take care of me. And alongside with that, I'd had frequent thoughts about, you know, cutting myself. In fact, I even tried cutting myself a lot. And it seemed very natural at that point to have those thoughts. Like, it didn't seem... It seemed logical rather than natural. Logical to have those thoughts at that point. Because I was really going through a lot. Um, My friends helped me a lot at that point. They didn't know the complete story. And one of the main reasons they didn't know is because I didn't tell them anything. I hid it really well. I was very, very good and still am very, very good at hiding my emotions. So there are times when I portray one thing, but I'm actually feeling another. And as 14-year-olds, it's very difficult to get drawn to that, you know. So every now and again, I do get calls and messages from them still abusing me, telling me why I didn't say anything and how guilty they feel. And I don't blame them. I mean, they're not the reason why... I was depressed. Does it suck that I didn't tell them everything? Of course it does, but I didn't want to be a burden on them, you know? They had their own shit to deal with. I didn't want to add to it. Anyway, post-2010, I decided to shift back with my mom. And that's when he completely abandoned me. But then again, as I said, in installments. He'd be there for like a month and then disappear. And then he can come back and he can disappear. It was a tough time. This school that I shifted to when I came to do my plus 12 was a complete culture shock for me. I went from being in a school that was where we constantly spoke in English and were given a lot more freedom in that school. I went from being in a school that was a lot more free to a school that was a lot more restricted to a school that wasn't that open. And it was just tough. Like, I got made fun of the fact that I was good in English because I constantly spoke in English because I was, quote-unquote, very blessed in certain areas of my body. I was called Lebu, which is a derogatory term for lesbian because of the fact that I was very open about my sexuality about the fact that I was bisexual. And I didn't have much support from the teachers as well. So I never used to study. I never used to do anything. I It was a daily fight with my parents to get me to school. I used to cry my way to school. There were days I'd cry myself to sleep. It used to get really bad. And again, that's when the frequent self-harm thoughts started coming and this time I started wondering whether it would matter if I was alive or not. It, I honestly started to believe that if I wasn't alive, I wouldn't, it wouldn't matter to anyone. No one was going to miss me. 
No one would even realize that I was there. That's what I started. And I continued for a while. I don't know how I managed to do well in my boards. And then I got through the college that I wanted, rather the university I wanted. And then things got a little better because I made new friends. I found acceptance and my depression started receding a little. But then in 2013, in the month of September, I was at a friend's place, and um, I was sexually assaulted, and I didn't tell anyone for almost four years. I didn't even tell my friends about the fact that I was sexually assaulted. Basically, I was really angry with this friend of mine, and I went into the room and I laid down and was crying. And my friend was consoling me when this other guy came in, and he told my friend that, you go fix the food and I'll help her out. And I didn't pay attention to it. I felt someone, you know, sort of petting my head. And the next thing I knew, his penis was in my mouth. In biology, we learn about fright and flight. <laughs> Nobody teaches you about the third F, which is freeze. And my body completely froze. I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. Time just sort of fell still. And I, I felt like the nightmare wasn't going to end. Thankfully, my friend walked in, who was consoling me initially. She walked in, she saw the entire thing and pulled the guy off of me. And even after that, I still wasn't moving. I kept putting water on my face, trying to get me out of the days. I finally broke out of the days. I blamed myself for it a lot after that. I kept telling myself that if I knew he was there, I would have walked out if I just paid attention to the fact of him saying that I'll take care of it. If I hadn't been so angry with my friend, I would have realized that he actually meant it. I would have walked out. I blame myself a lot for that attack. Even though I know everyone who will hear this will go like, it wasn't your fault. You didn't ask for it. But yeah, I blame myself a lot for it. The next couple of months were really, really, really dark. I'd sit under the shower for hours on end, just waiting for that dirty touch to go away, but it just wouldn't. I just sit in the darkness of my room, just in pitch black darkness. And it was easy for me to do stuff like this because my grandmother was in the States at that point, visiting my aunt, and both my mom and dad as my stepdad had night shift you see they work in the sector 5 industry so they weren't at home and i just sit in the dark and cry i barely slept that winter and it just wasn't getting any better the self-harm thoughts got a lot worse i blamed myself even more 
and then one fine day I told myself to snap out of it and I put this lie in my head that I was fine and I convinced myself that I was fine so I started to pretend I was okay while pretending it became sort of that lie became real and I started to believe the lie that I was fine when I wasn't this went on till 2015 that's when I met someone I met someone who was special at my life at that point and she helped me a lot through a lot of shit and she was the first person I told oh yeah she was the first person I told about the self-harm thoughts I still hadn't told her about the sexual assault I only told her that um much much later but I also told her about how I felt about my dad abandoning and to some extent with her presence in my life I wouldn't think as much about suicide or not being there and harming myself and for a while I felt better but then last year I had a major meltdown and I wouldn't get out of the room I wouldn't stop crying I wouldn't tell my parents what was wrong so this decided to send me to a therapist and in the first session all i did was just cry i legit just cried i did not do anything else besides cry in the second session i finally opened up and i told my therapist how i felt and then he decided to call my parents and my partner at that point and he explained to them that this is how i was feeling and he advised them to take me to a psychologist. I spoke to the psychologist and I was put on medication after that. It was then that I was diagnosed with high-functioning depression. So basically how high-functioning depression is different is that by societal standards, I seem normal. I seem happy. I seem like, you know, the completely sane quote-unquote same person with nothing wrong in her life because I'm very very good at hiding that's what high functioning depression is during all of those times of depression I'd also have a lot of panic attacks I didn't realize they were panic attacks till my partner one day ex-partner other pointed it out one day and they used to be attacks where I'd scream into my pillow crying away and I yank out hair from my head like clumps of hair I would legit pull out and it I used to have these like twice a week probably and I used to, and then when I started going to therapy I start talking about it a lot when I went to therapy I thought I'd just talk about what was bothering me. I thought I'd just start talking about what was bothering me, about what was bothering me initially. But 
he wanted to dig deeper because he realized that my issues were a lot deeper so we started with the divorce and that's when i realized that i had been totally fooling myself by saying I dealt with it but i really hadn't dealt with it basically i kept telling myself i deal with stuff later i deal with stuff later and later it happened and then the next thing i knew i was 22 years old uh, 23 years old hmm. so i started digging up memories and i started talking about and what scared me the most was i couldn't remember anything before the year that my parents filed for divorce which was 2006 but after that i remember everything like every damn thing i just cannot seem to recollect anything before the year 2006 when i look at baby pictures of myself it scares me because it feels like i'm looking at someone else's family not mine and he told me that it was a coping mechanism that i had developed and what started happening was with me going to therapy regularly i'd i started talking a lot in my sleep and since my body wasn't used to the medication i used to sleep a lot uh for those of you who don't know or are new to any kind of medication which is there for depression or anxiety or whatever it is completely normal for you to feel like you're constantly sleepy and you're constantly drained out of energy that's because of the fact that your body is still getting used to it and it's also normal for you to feel like you're having out of body experiences or you feel like the world is suddenly going really really slow there's nothing wrong with you it's just that your body is getting used to the medication something i'd like to put out anyway i continued the medication and i went for therapy for a while and then in my fourth month of therapy i was talking and i realized that after 11 years i had let go of all the baggage that i was carrying on my shoulders i had finally let go of all the baggage that i was carrying and i got so overwhelmed that i started crying and i think the best way to describe it is if you've seen this movie called zindagi na milegi dobara there's this scene where faran akhtar jumps out from the plane and he feels very free and light and there's a smile on his face you feel a certain sort of freedom when you see that scene that's probably the closest that i can come to describe as to how i felt like that's the closest representation i can find it's not even completely accurate but if you want some kind of a visualization of how i felt that's it and i called my mom up after that session and i cried a lot telling her that i was so happy for the fact that I finally let go of everything after which i called up two very very close friends of mine who had helped me a lot who were there with me through every step of the way when i was recovering from my depression and they were so proud of me and i'll forget that they were so proud of me and after that i started i started writing again because i had given up on my writing i started painting and drawing again i didn't realize that i actually had it in i'm not the best artist but i'm okay and i it get it gives me a kind of free feeling when i'm painting or drawing or, you know writing 
since then till now i've become a lot stronger i'm not going for therapy anymore because i can now deal with my stuff and i can deal with it on my own so i'm very very proud of myself for that because if i had to look at myself last year i wouldn't even believe it if someone had told me you know what you're going to be fine you're going to be able to deal with your own problem be able to let go of all the shit that is happening i would not believe that person someone had to tell me I'm now so much stronger and I can talk to people about it and give advice about it when they call me to talk about it and I guess that's one of the main reasons I decided to do this podcast because I think that there are people who will probably be able to relate to me even if it's not completely relatable at least on some extent they'd be able to relate to me. and i want them to know that you're not alone i want to be there for them the way i would expect someone to be there for me which i didn't have so if you're listening to this you are going through something please know that you're not alone you're really not alone there are so many of us that go through this and whether you want to believe it or not people do care for you you just got to let them it's difficult i get it i mean there in that but if you don't let people in you're just shutting yourself down even more and you're just making it worse for yourself if you don't want to talk to anyone you know you can always talk to me um you can find me on instagram my name is tree hill raven that is t r e e h i l l r a v e n and just leave me a message i will get back to you you can talk to me about anything that you want if that helps you so yeah um that's all i have to say for tonight i hope you enjoyed it anything else like to talk about please leave a comment below and tell me your thoughts about this podcast and i will see you in the next one thank you